Hi, and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily Podcast, where I, your host, Mario De Cristofano, will talk to you about life as a delivery manager. We'll talk about strategy, tactics, things to do, not to do, and wrap that up in a way which makes sense. This is a daily series of podcasts which are released across all your favorite podcast software, and there's a video version on YouTube with additional content if you wish. If you want to get in touch, get involved with the podcast, or even be a sponsor, get in touch via Twitter, DM underscore daily, and don't forget to check out the video version of this podcast on YouTube, the Delivery Manager Daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to. Um, I've absolutely got no idea uh, what episode this is, um, so sorry about that. <laughs> I think we're thirteen or something. I've been doing podcasts for uh, work and trying to trying to juggle uh, a million plates. But but thank you if you're listening. And as I try and continue to grow, both what I talk about, I, I found myself wanting to just pick up on on something that I talk about again and again and again and I've been involved in a couple of um, chats and talks and I'm going to be talking at the Leeds Digital Festival with BGSS and a couple of other talks this year as well and I'm constantly internally with either colleagues for the various companies that I work or uh, work with for or advise. Um, The subject of you know what makes a good digital delivery manager and as we work through um, various topics from sort of understanding the subject matter to agile and how uh, you know what that means for for organizations and I talked to some really varied sort of colleagues and peers and people I'm really interested in getting up really to grips with some of the the nuances that I have learned and skills that I've developed and skills that I'm still developing um, to be the very best kind of digital delivery manager that I can be. And I've wrote a blog post, which if you are watching the um, video version, you'll see. Uh, But if not, go to mariosblog.co.uk and check out the post, How to Be a Good Agile Delivery Manager. And I just want to talk through uh, some of the points that I've covered very briefly. Uh, there's a couple of posts actually. There's how to be a good agile delivery manager, which is the one that I've just wrote. But then prior to that, there is trying to be a better delivery manager and constantly learning too. So read that first and then read the how to be a good delivery manager. This came up today, just talking through with someone and, and just starting to realise that people, or, or I think that the way I got better was to start to think really more deeply from a high level about some of the client pressures and the the pressures that clients go under. And if we look at a post COVID world and hopefully as things, if they ever do get back to normal, the types of pressures that uh, clients will be under trying to understand that and think about your role as a DM and the projects that you deploy as part of your organization, whether you're a contractor or whether you work on behalf of a company and just thinking about, the pressures that the clients are under and why they are running the projects that they are and why you were involved. And in this post, just in the first couple of uh, paragraphs, I talk, well, firstly, uh, go and go and read. Uh, there's a, there's a guy that works for the uh, ministry of justice. Um, and I forgot his name, even though I'm reading the article, uh, Mark Stanley, he's got a really good account about what being a good DM is. And even though the post is from 2012, it's a really good kind of broad read. And I follow GDS as a standard uh, pretty religiously. I'm a big believer in what they've done there. And I think it's a, and I make no bones about the fact that I think it's an excellent playbook for anyone wanting to do things to a standard. Um, but let's just look at and think about 
where our clients are, right? Over the last 18 months, two years, five years, or prior to COVID, they've all been on various transformations and we've helped them along with that. And if you're an IT consultant, you'll have probably done the same. So what have those transformation programs been? And, and have you looked back at those clients and really understood whether they've, in quotes, transformed? I know if I look back through some of the clients that I've worked with and, and helped, um, you know, they've uh, moved on-premise infrastructure and hardware to the cloud uh, which has often looked like just containerizing everything and emulating what they had physically along with all the problems and then moving it into the cloud and then just having different costs rather than reduced costs they've just got different costs because they're paying for an orchestration layer and they're play paying for new cloud roles within the organization to manage the virtual estate and that's a subject for another time but maybe they've become in quotes agile and, and maybe that's worked maybe it's not and obviously, you know, COVID has brought with it its own challenges in terms of what uh, big organisations do and how they run their businesses. And whether you're involved in the public or private sector, I often, when I start a project, really think about not only just looking at the project and within the constraints of the project, but actually sitting back and researching and consuming the organisation. So have a read through their kind of um, white papers or if they're a public company, go and look at their shareholder meeting or AGM notes or minutes. So they'll be published somewhere on kind of quarterly earnings call and really start to get to grips with the challenges that they face, trying to put yourself into their shoes. It's really going to help with some of the things that I want to talk about in the next 20 minutes or so in, in terms of the things that you can do to be an even better uh, delivery manager. There's a couple of videos that I always um, recommend that people read. One is a lightning talk which kind of summarizes and parodies uh, a little bit of the bullshit around Agile and I really like it and it's really good fun and I wish that I had, I had those kinds of on stage uh, presentation skills because he's really funny. Go and watch that. And then one is... Um, using an analogy i guess for high performing teams but it's from a dev conference from quite a while ago and it's called how to crash an airplane and if you go to my blog post you'll see both of those uh youtube videos on there do watch them they are excellent and really do position some of the things i'm trying to get across in terms of the way you should think and some of the things you should think about uh when it comes to well what can i do better as a dm and, th and these are some of the things that I encourage others to think about when they come to me uh, and ask for advice. So I'm going to go through the post and kind of cover some of the points that I've made. Obviously, it will help if you've read the post. And if you've got an opinion or comment or you don't agree, you can get in touch by Twitter because I'm more than happy to have a healthy um, debate. So... Um, I think that a good delivery manager starts to think about these external forces on a project rather than just the project itself. And really look at yourself in terms of who you are and what you're thinking about and how your approach to the project is and focusing on maybe some of the things that we'll talk about today that are missing in your approach and maybe you need to double down on those and develop those skills. Now when I talk to people I'm often rebutted in that well Mario it's great because you talk from an ideal world and maybe it's good for you because you've kind of carved your niche in what you do with the way that you are but that won't work here or well in theory it's great Mario but practically it's just not feasible uh, the client wants it this way and they, there's no kind of scope to move uh, or some DMs aren't in control of everything they're given the project in its current state often on fire what do they do and no one's doing their job and it's this kind of um, 
sort of pushback I think to do some what are often difficult things and that list's often endless and I really do understand that you know what I talk about here you can't just apply to every project what I'm trying to do is share my personal experience of what has made me better so this isn't a I guess a blueprint for anyone else but more a have a think about it and see if it applies to you I know that I've had to really develop as a human being outside of my job to be better at my job and whilst that sounds very prophetic uh, it, it's been absolutely true so the first thing that, that, that I, I did and do and, and regardless of the project or who I'm working with or for uh, is I have a high standard of, of excellence personally and I won't compromise on that ever and setting that stall out no matter at which point you engage with anyone both personally and professionally I get to set that stall out and doing it consistently means that you know I'm very uh, particular and the, the the way that people think of me is something that I help to craft and yes I'm you know I make a joke on the blog post about being a bit of a diva and nor am I suggesting that you just kick off and have a strop when you don't get your own way and you shouldn't getting the way of moving forward but you should develop the skill to be able to work within the constraints of your organization or your project but at the same time maintain your personal standards uh, and ethics in terms of what you do and the quality to which you do it rather than get begrudged into the kind of oh well everything's terrible and I'm kind of diluting what I'm doing and I'm not happy because these things as we'll come on to in a sec uh, really do impact your project team so some hard truths now and it's understanding the world around you now I've picked up on this for years and it's something that I've got better and better and better at and I don't think it's something you ever complete and I certainly look up to so many people that do this better than me but the reality is and and, and I don't mean to be too kind of uh, whimsical but in terms of you know I know we live in a woke world now and we don't want to upset anyone um, but one of the cold hard realities is that no matter how good you are at agile or how good you are at technology, or even project management, you have to be good with people, even with those that you don't get along with. And it's a mistake that I've made for years and years and years, and maybe one for another podcast when I've had a, a beer, I can tell you. In fact, if you're listening, maybe you've 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 experienced some of my mistakes, but um, you have to get better. And one of the biggest impacts you can have on your project is being able to get on with people. And that's something that we all think we can do, but very often we can't do well. And, you know, really trying to understand why are people involved in the project? What are their motivations? You know, why they're in it? Do they care? Do they not? What are their drivers? What are their motives? And and you really should, as a human being, learn to interact with your teams at a human being level. And it sounds really, really simple to do, but it's not. And outside of all the politics and the noise and the commercial pressures of whatever environment that you as a delivery manager are working in, I would thoroughly recommend that you really have a good hard look in the mirror and think, you know, do I really get on with people? Can I get on with people? Even those that either I don't like or don't like me. I've wrote blogs in the past about the shadows you cast as a leader and I was talking to a colleague earlier about being emotionally consistent. So that emotional consistency, you are the environment and how you are and operate under times of pressure or stress or duress or or, or when the project's not going great, as well as when everything's going well, uh, you have to be consistent because people look at you even just by project title, even if you don't see yourself as a leader, they look at you as a barometer and a gauge of what to do and how to behave. And what I see is plenty of delivery managers that under pressure will behave quite base, sometimes aggressive, sometimes a bit snappy. And actually um, being consistent emotionally is one of the characteristics that you can develop to be 
a much better leader. And we know, don't we, we've read enough books as clever people, you know, well, what makes a good person? Honesty, openness, humility, respect, drive, fairness, inclusivity. But how many of those things do you actually practice consistently? Or how, think about the last time you were involved in politics, you know, really kind of uh, negative po politics too, you know, the politics that hurt teams. And did you, or were you commenting on a team member or maybe you've got an opinion that was overheard and you're a bit loose with your mouth or anything in between or, um, you know, you, there's a different DM terms up every day dependent on the mood you're in. Really think about those things and how good you are at that and really, really get better at it. It's certainly one of the things that I've done because that understanding that you are the environment just as much as the facilities on site or how plush the client's office is, you know. Um, Google's there's a link in the blog post I'm going to keep saying that because I'm going to cite the, the blog post that I'm looking at but Google's Aristotle project um, did some research and, and looked at you know what are the characteristics of the most effective teams and one of the things and again this is about you as a leader is the amount of, of psychological safety that there is in the team so, well, how do you create that atmosphere as a DM, as a leader? You know, you need to put your hand up and show a little bit of humility yourself. One of the things that I see is DMs not being comfortable with saying that they don't know. And I think that's a shame because that's often indicative that they're working in an environment where they don't feel psychologically safe uh, to do so. Maybe that's been a previous role, an existing role. They're just nervous. But the thing is, that gets in the way of the development of some of these human traits that we're talking about today. You need to stand your ground with the organisation that you work for and the client too. So we talked about having these kind of ethics, these standards. And if you're not prepared to commit to them consistently, even to the point of being a little bit, not friction, but, you know, making a point, if you're not going to do that and be brave, then that dilution is going to also dilute your team and the effectiveness of your team. And you need to be clear too. Um, you know, clear at how you communicate, what you're saying, why, and demonstrating that you understand. And all of this, you know, along with a bit of humility and making sure that people are praised and encouraged to ask questions and, you know, explore and investigate. If you're not going to be open to that and you're not going to cultivate that as a team, that psychological safety or lack of creates apathy. And apathy for me in delivery teams is one of the biggest problems that I see because it's always someone else's problem. It's always the organization's problem, the employer's problem, the client's problem, the developer to the left of me, the software tester to the right of me. This DM doesn't have a clue or I haven't got this resource and it's always, always someone else's problem and that apathy I think is poison. And then just again, a bit of a short kind of podcast this but finally kind of my third point so be more of a doer than a sayer so even though the world's getting more complex and well whether it's covid that's made it more complex or whether the world's a little bit cyclical uh, in terms of trends or transformation or client needs but i do find that those that can do practically and i talk about this in the other blog post about as a dm know your technology know the things that you're um delivery managing I'm not sure how effective you can be, really, if you don't have hands-on experience with the thing that you're project managing. Now, I know that might be a little bit contentious. Some people won't agree with that. Um, and I understand that. But I think if you're managing a load of devs and you're responsible to oversee a DevOps pipeline, having something beyond 
a rudimentary understanding of DevOps, I think, would really help. And I think it's your responsibility to understand that. I think if you're working on an RPA project as part of a digital transformation program, then you should understand RPA to a level of doing it yourself. Maybe you've spun up some demos with Blue Prism or some smaller RPA platforms and had a play to understand what it means and how it works. And just really taking that, and again, it's that professional pride and standard to really get involved into the nuts and bolts of, of the technology that typically you manage or you're expected to have oversight of. Now, these are the things that I think are really important that have helped me. This in conjunction with the previous post about some of the practical things around agile, agile delivering, communication. Go and have a read of those. Um, and what I'm also going to do is publish a little mural that I've done, which as far as I'm concerned, if I walk someone through all the kind of um, sort of key areas of a project to look at, the minimum viable thing, right, getting your project in order, getting your house straight, making sure that if you're delivering software, there's a decent DevOps culture and you've got the right people developing the DevOps pipeline, um, making sure that you've got agile in place as best as you can do, making sure that communication and culture's there. All of that I've included in a in a a, a, a Miro a mural. Um, I use Miro quite a lot. What a, what a product! Uh, in a mural that I'll give away as a download on Twitter. So, in summary, if you want to be a good DM, it's more about just knowing your way around a Kanban board. You've really got to think about you as a human being and your client and the the challenges that the clients go through and what they're going to go through in the next two, three, five years. Be more human. Start to think about putting yourself in a position. Uh, as the client and understanding what they're going through be better with people so really get to grips with and let's be honest there's always someone on our team that we don't get on with make that better really really try and make that better and then finally be more of a doer than a sayer and even though this requires the most effort really get a hands-on understanding of technology build a website write a blog do a podcast all of these things that I'm doing is just to I guess keep that hand in right of, of of being immersed in the thing that I do every day because you want to be good at it now I will finish on I'm fortunate that I do something that I love and my hobby pays the bills and for others it's a job but I think that that next level up as a DM you've really got to question are you doing what you love thanks for listening I still don't know what episode this is but that has been the DM daily that is no way near daily but thanks for listening uh, get involved in the conversation on Twitter uh dm underscore daily or my personal twitter account at mario dc uh, go to the blog mariosblog.co.uk check out this uh, episode on youtube too thanks for listening and talk to you again very 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 soon this episode sponsored by nd technology services for it consultancy and digital delivery projects and creative pixel if you want an affordable bespoke website which won't break the bank get in touch creativepixel.me.uk forward slash dm daily for a 10 percent discount on all websites 